Welcome back to the Simplecast. On this episode, Chris is joined by Corey and Sadie Robertson. They're the stars of Duck Dynasty, and you also may recognize Sadie from Dancing with the Stars, the Live Original Tour, and, well, pretty much everywhere. They joined Chris to talk about Chapter 5 of Doing Good is Simple, not just good on paper. They're going to be chatting about their ministry in the Dominican Republic and how important it is to have your entire family involved in doing good. Now, Here's Chris. Hello, everyone. I'm so, so excited to be here today with Corey and Sadie Robertson. And we're going to talk about chapter five of the book, Not Just Good on Paper, Good is People, Not Projects. And so, Corey and Sadie, welcome to the Simplecast. Thanks Thanks for having us. Yes, thanks for having us. I'm really, really excited that you guys are here because we've traveled together around the world. And we've been able to kind of experience this message lived out. But real quick, can you both just kind of give us a, you know, a little bit of background of who you are and what you're up to? Sure. I guess I'll go first since I'm the mom. Yeah. <laughs> I'm Corey Robertson. And our family, a few years ago, all of a sudden had this crazy reality show called Duck Dynasty that just took off and became what most of you know today. And so that's what we've been doing for about the past four years. But before that, we ran a family business called Duck Commander, and we still do and try to do our best to do good in the world. We do a lot of, go on a lot of trips and try to help people. And we run a Christian camp here in town that we've, my family's always done. And that's kind of like our our normal life, I guess, being a mom, taking kids to sporting activities and school. And and then we just happen to make a television show. That's awesome. Well, I'm Sadie Robertson and I am Corey's daughter. And I just graduated high school, so that was exciting. Congrats. And so I did high school and doing a lot of other things. I guess, I don't know, I would probably have like 12 jobs if you counted them all. I wrote a book called Live Original. I'm on Duck Dynasty with the whole family, and that was on Dancing with the Stars. That was really fun. So yeah, through Duck Dynasty, we got to do some crazy things. But we've also gotten to do some crazy, awesome things like going to Haiti with you and traveling around and just helping people and helping out other camps because we love our camp and so yeah it's been a huge blessing and got to do some really fun things awesome thanks for that you know what has really impressed me getting to know both of you the last few years is is you know and 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 what i wrestled with in chapter five is like you know projects are powerful and beautiful and needed but beyond the projects are really it's the humans that we're trying to impact. Obviously, men and women created in God's image who, in, in this case, are suffering because of extreme poverty. And yet, the more I got to know both of you, the more I saw just this this real passion for people. You guys, your families lived that out kind of before Duck Dynasty, obviously after Duck Dynasty. And so, Corey, I want you to just quickly share how you and Willie have been able to kind of shape doing good as part of your family narrative and also just your passion for these kids in the Dominican who I know you care for so much. And I think it's so important for people to realize that as we think about mission, it's really the, the individuals behind that that matter. Yeah, so one of the things that we absolutely love and we've been a part of for a long time is a work in Dominican Republic with a children's home there. So the crazy thing about it was, you know, it wasn't one of those things that we planned to be like, okay, we're going to go down there and, and, you know, do this 
for these kids and we're going to have this long-term relationship with them. My mom actually went one year with our church group and it was just kind of a random, like, you know, our church is going to Dominican because there's a home down there that we need to help. So my mom goes and she invited John Luke. John Luke was 11 at the time and he went and they came back just in love with these kids. They just came back talking about them and, and, you know, just really wanted to make a difference for them. So the next year, so over that year, our church actually built the home for them. They were in a, a just a really, really bad conditions in a home that was just really, really poor condition. So our church raised the funds and rebuilt their home and got them in a better position. And then we got, went back the next year. Well, the next year I went. And uh, what's funny about that, our, our kids were really young. Will and Bella were young. And I left them. That was the first time I had left them just with Willie alone. <laughs> so my daughter, Bella, calls me in Dominican. You know, you don't get great service there. And for some reason, all of a sudden I get this call and I answer it and it's Bella. And she's like, mom, dad is not feeding us. <laughs> and I was like, oh my goodness, which I'm down there with kids who truly like don't have food to eat or don't have water. So you know, I'm not that sympathetic to her as I normally would have been. I was like, you're going to be fine. So I get Willie on the phone and he says, yeah, we ran out of mac and cheese. That's why she's, you know, she's bothered by, but it changes your perspective. You know, when you're down there and you're seeing these kids who literally are on the streets begging for water, just a drink of water, it changes you. It changes your perspective. And that was a a real, you know, time in my life where I was like, okay, uh, when you start, when you see it, like you can't ignore it any longer, you know, you have to do something about it. So like I said, we just fell in love with this because the next year I went back and we brought Sadie and then we kind of made a thing that whenever our kids hit double digits, they get to go. And so every one of our kids, when they hit 10 or 11 years old, they went with us on this trip and we just, it's been 10 years. We've seen these kids grow up. You know, the youngest was like two when we started going and now He's 12, and the older ones are now hitting the point where they're graduating from high school and looking into what's the next step for them. And over the last 10 years, you know, we just we just love these kids. We feel like they're ours. We miss them throughout the year when we don't see them, and yep. we can't wait to get back down there. And now I'm at the point of waking up in the middle of the night, like, wondering about their future. Like, what's the next step for them? How can we help them become successful adults and have successful families and jobs and all that? So. That's awesome. Sadie, can you kind of just share your experience with those kids? And then I'm going to ask you guys a question to kind of wrap up both of these issues. Yeah, so I was actually the second year that you came, I went. I went you came with right, me the second year? No, I came the second year. You came the third because I came and told you, Mom, you have to go. That's right. Yeah, I came the second year with two Mama and John Luke and just, like, changed my life. Like, a lot of people say, like, I'm more mature than my age whenever I, like, went and stuff. And I think that that's because it changes you. Like, it makes you mature because you you can't complain anymore. Like, it takes away all the complaints that you used before because you, you do have food. You have a bed. You have a home. You have a family. And it just really opens your eyes to a lot of new things. There's one particular story that, like, I will never forget. And we were getting ice cream from a little shop down there and their ice cream is a lot different than ours, but we got a thing of ice cream and Bella, my little sister was there and she didn't really like hers. And so she threw it away, which most American kids would do that if they didn't like it. Well, this woman from the street came in and took her ice cream out of the trash can and went outside and shared it with all of her friends. 
I just thought that that was like the most amazing thing that not only did she go get it out of the trash can and eat it, but she went out and shared it with the rest of her friends. And it's just like, even though they don't have anything, they still are all there for each other. And they all have joy in the midst of like darkness. And that is something that only you can have with Jesus. You know, you can only have that with God's love. And so I think that it just made me realize that like God's love is enough. You know, it's always going to be enough. And it really, like, once you go down there and you feel that experience, like, you can't help but go back and go back and go back. It's, I've been six years now, so. So, thank you so much for that. It's amazing. I remember one time handing out an apple to a bunch of kids in Haiti, and I thought this one kid was actually just going to kind of take it for himself and eat it, and he started cutting up the apple and sharing it with his friends. I'm like, it's such a powerful moment of generosity seeing these kids share with one another, so quick question. One of the things I'm wrestling with in this chapter is basically this whole theory of short-term missions. And I think we would all agree there's so much, you know, so much beautiful work and activity that comes out of short-term missions. There's also struggle with short-term missions, depending on if we do them well or if we don't. I want you guys to both briefly talk about, like, the importance of returning and showing up. Because what's impressed me so much with your with the narrative that you all have with these kids in the Dominican is that you just return so much and you show up again and again. And I would love the, the, the listeners of this podcast and the readers of the book, if, you know, if there's one thing I can help them do is to realize like traveling all over the world and getting our passport stamped and having these amazing experiences are really beautiful, but also committing to a group of people and showing up again and again, it matters because it shapes us and it shapes them. So can you just talk about that just briefly? Yeah, I think over the years, there was some, you know, talk, like some of the people in our church or whatever, like, oh, maybe we should go somewhere else this year because we poured into them a little bit and let's do something else. And we always just came back to know, like, you know, we we understand that we can't, you know, fix all the world's problems. We can't save everybody, but we can do something for these children. We can really make a difference. And I think that's where our decision, why our decision was made to continue to go back to this place is, you know, if we pour into these kids, if we give, show them love, we help them to understand that Jesus loves them, He died for them, He cares for them, we take care of their immediate physical needs and lavish that love on them, then, you know, what can they do? What kind of leaders can we build up in them? And, and they can go and, and they can help in their community. They can make a difference for the next generation. And so that was why we made that decision to just stick with these kids with one we we fell in love with them yeah. but two you know we just felt like you know we we can't we we're not you know we're we can't make a difference everywhere but we can make a difference for them and just to see one of the things that we do when we're down there we've worked with the local church and done a little vbs well a lot of people do vbs's and, and you know it's it's fun for the kids and it's kind of like a little camp for them and maybe a little respite for them in the summer when they have nothing else to do but what, what I thought has always been really special about it is our kids from the home help us. And it's a way to train them and say, like, look, you can be of help. You can be of service to your community. You can pass out things. You can teach the, the younger kids. And so these are kids who have nothing, who are the most vulnerable, who have no parents. They've been cast aside and cast off. But to say to them, you know what? You have value in teaching other people. Like you're not you're not the one that just always has to get the handout. You can you can give a handout to someone else. That's been a really special thing that we wouldn't have had if we had just gone there one time and then gone somewhere else and gone somewhere else and gone somewhere else. You know, yeah. it, we really try to make a difference in those sixteen kids' lives so that they can make a difference in the lives of many more in their community. 
Yeah, that's awesome. Thank you, Corey. And I remember, so two things I want to, I guess, jump into. I'm, you know, when we were there a couple months ago, Corey, you were having a conversation with one of the teenagers. So this is, this is, uh, you know, a young lady now who you knew as, as, as a child and you were having almost this mother to daughter conversation. And I think what's important for people to realize when you show up year after year for seven, eight, nine, ten years, you get to have these really important life-shaping conversations. Can you just talk about how that conversation went and the importance of like bringing dignity in relationship with, with that child in that space? Yeah, we had been, you know, kind of hearing some, some things that, that about her that she had, you know, was growing up and was not making very wise choices and all that. And so, you know, I just wanted to have that conversation like a mom because, you know, there's a house, there's house parents that, that are with them and that have loved them and care for them. But, you know, I, I do feel like a mom to these kids, you know, I've, I've seen them grow up and see the kids and to make sure I could sit down face to face and just say, look, we love you, you know, express that to her. And she cried and we hugged and, you know, I hope it made a difference. I think it's something that she, she probably has thought a lot about since then, and I hope it makes a difference in her. But I, I did that for all the kids, you know, specifically her, because I had been hearing yep. some things. But, yep. you know, we kind of took some time to talk to all the kids, like Willie and I both, as, as parents, to just say, look, you are all loved incredibly by us and by God, your Father in heaven. But there's also choices that you make on this earth that are going to affect your future. And we're just going to challenge you because we love you to make good choices, and we want to see you succeed in life so anyway that was a conversation and I hope it made an impact on her for sure yeah and I love that because basically you can't just show up and do that but you have to show up again and again and again and build trust and respect and and I remember watching you have the conversation and the young lady was so paying she was paying attention because she knew that you cared for her and you've been pouring out your life into her life for so many years and that's what I want to wrestle with. When we think about mission, when we think about doing good, it's so important to put the person and the people in the community over all the different projects. Because what we've learned, we can come into a community and build a bunch of projects, and we do that, and it's needed. But if we don't have the relational connection with the community, we're really not going to have any influence on the community, nor will the community have influence on us. And so I just love that snapshot. So I want to talk about, real quick, and Sadie, maybe you can you can answer this question. So... Oftentimes when, when you know, a listener will kind of hear your story, they're going to see you as someone who's on TV, you're, you know, dancing, Duck Dynasty, you're writing books. You get to live a different lifestyle than most. Can you share briefly, one, how you've been able to kind of use the, the influence that God's given you to make an impact, but also how everyday normal people can make an impact? In other words, you don't have to necessarily be on TV to make an impact, but we can all make an impact no matter where we're at in life. Yeah, absolutely. This is something that I love to talk about with people because people will say, you know, Sadie, if I got the opportunities that you got, then I would, you know, I'd share Jesus to everyone. And I see their point. I see their mindset because I used to think like that too. You know, I was, because before freshman year, I wasn't on TV or anything. And so that growing up in middle school, I would just say, yeah, well, if I, if I was like out there, then I would, then I would make a difference, but I'm not. So, oh, well, but I would pray that God would give me an opportunity. Never would have thought that it would have been the opportunity I got. But I tell people this story all the time. When I was traveling with the winter jam each night, we were speaking to 
15 to 20,000 people a night. And it was just crazy amounts of people and just to share the message of faith with. And it was really cool. But what I learned throughout that trip is that even though the 20,000 was super awesome, it wasn't that that really like changed my life and like pouring into other people. It was the times when we were like in the Uber cars or uh, walking on the streets and saw a homeless person. Or It was all the little moments that anybody can do. We were in an Uber one night and we got to talking with our Uber driver and we just got into this deep, deep conversation about his life and where he's at and like where he needs to be. And he, he didn't want to accept Jesus at the end of the car ride. He was willing to. And we ended up staying in the car for an hour. And, you know, Lots of us get in the Uber every single day, and we don't we don't think about that because you know you don't typically think to go into preaching the gospel in an Uber a car, but that's an opportunity. And so I think that opportunities are everywhere. You just have to open your eyes and see them, and also ask God that your eyes will be open to seeing them and seek those because they're every single day everywhere you're at. It's just easier to see them in big quantities but sometimes it's just the best whenever it's just that one-on-one personal experience yeah thank you so much for that and i remember you know one thing that i talk about in the book a little bit is you know the the folks who influenced my life it was a teacher and a plumber and a small town youth pastor and i think it's important for everyone to know that no matter where you're at or what you're doing god wants to use you to make a difference in the world both locally and globally and so okay so Corey, you called me up a year ago maybe two years ago and you, 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 and this was really impactful even for my life. You were like, hey, I'm really worried about these kids in the Dominican Republic. I can't sleep at night because I'm thinking about their future. And you alluded to that earlier. And so one of the things I wrestled with in this chapter is compassion. And compassion just means to suffer with. And so as you, as both of you have built a relationship with these kids, and not only just the kids in the Dominican, you guys are involved in so many other really amazing things. Can you just talk about the need in our world especially kind of our current climate for compassion, compassion on one another, compassion on those who are hurting, and how God will kind of use us if we have hearts of compassion. Yeah, I think that is something that is, I mean, I hate to say it, but is missing, you know, a lot from our society. I think, you know, whenever you see it as a symptom, whenever people are like bashing each other on social media or are talking bad about, you know, it's that I guess it's just that not thinking about another person's feelings, but thinking about your own. That's really what compassion is all about, is thinking about someone else's feelings above your own. And I do think that that's something that we have to cultivate in our children. You know, we have to help them to see it. And it's it starts, you know, at home. It starts in, in talking about it, letting, letting your children see that you care about someone else and, and actually doing it, you know, not just talking about it, but actually doing it. And so that is, you know, one of the reasons we made the decision to take our kids when they turned double digits to another country to, to see and experience. And, and that's something that Sadie, you know, she was doing, we were doing this work with Dominican well before Duck Dynasty, you know, before we had really, you know, we didn't, it wasn't like we had a ton of money to be able to go or anything like that. You know, it was a something we had to save for to, to make that trip each year. And Sadie was, you know, dancing in front of the kids at the children's home, you know, <laughs> making them laugh well before Dancing with the Stars and um, had a relationship with a little girl named Maria that just, they just love each other. They just connected from a really young age and has had some really impactful moments with her. But compassion is something we need to teach our children, but we need to like be aware of in ourselves and make sure we haven't gotten jaded. I think there's awesome things about the world today and that we, we know, we know so much more. We see everything. We, 
we, everything's right there in front of us on the news or on social media or whatever, sometimes maybe that can make people just a little bit more jaded, just a little bit more like immune to it in a way because they see it all the time where I think we need to come back to say like, no, these are things we need to be shocked by. We need to be horrified by. We need to be like, we need to be touched and our hearts pricked by when you see suffering in other human beings and, you know, feel that need and desire to, to do something about it. Yeah, I love that. And I think the thing that, you know, we wrestle with is having compassion on someone doesn't mean you fully agree with them. And I think that's the thing even Jesus taught us so much is he looked over the city and he had compassion on the city or he had compassion on the broken. And so I, I would hope, you know, that the church, for one, would be we would lead on this whole issue of what does it mean to have compassion as we stand up for truth, as we think about people we agree or disagree with. It's so easy sometimes to, to get into a war as opposed to realizing that these are really humans who are created in God's image and they need us to love them and care for them and have compassion on them. And so I love that you guys do that so well as a family and I've seen it lived out. And I think it's so, so important. So, okay, last question for Sadie. You, you're young, you just graduated high school, you're in a season, and, and, and folks your age were in a season of just change and transformation and, and you know, thinking through college and thinking through careers and, and all of these types of things. And so, Sadie, for, kind of for your generation, the people that you have, you know, you influence, you, you do life with, you, I don't know, you have a big tour coming up where, you know, your passion is to influence these folks to, to live a better life and to, to know God and to, to also do good. Can you kind of share your heart for your generation and what it means for them to do good as well? Yeah, so I think that our generation, like, I think that we have good hearts that we just have gotten a little lost in the way. And I think that everyone wants to do good, or most people want to do good. They just don't know how to do good or how to even start that. Like, how, how do you start doing good when you're not doing good, you know? And so with Live Original, with the tour, like, what we really want to do is go in and just pour into the hearts of everybody and give them a way and give them, like, I guess a how to do good. Like, a, yeah. you know, you can just live original like today. And I think it's going to help a lot of people. I also think, you know, nowadays – a lot of us like in our generation we get really caught up in like the next season like of our life like okay I just graduated high school now college now what's now let me go ahead and just prepare for that and after that then I'm gonna get married and like we're like season to season to season but we are missing like the transformation into each season because we're too focused on the next season and I think that like we just need to live in the moment and like be content with where we're at because we're missing our youth you know and it's like it's it's good to be for what people will like relate that with immaturity because we've kind of gone crazy. But I think that throughout like my message and live original, people are gonna be able to live their youth and also do good. Like don't let people look down on you when you're young. Like I think that's really gonna come into play. Yeah, that's awesome. So so last question, just just the last last tidbit here, if you will. Tell us a little bit of, of your favorite things in life. What what books are you reading? What are things that you two love to do to kind of to kind of refresh and recuperate, if you will? Because doing good is it's this long term um, mission that we all have, and so part of it is living healthy on our own own lives and own souls. So just briefly share like some of the things that you do to kind of enjoy life along the way. Well, I actually, I'm so not a reader, but I just read a book. I'm about to read your book, and I'm excited about it. But I just read a book, Looking for Lovely, and Annie Downs, I think that's her name. Yeah, that's yep. her name. She wrote it, and 
I just have loved that book, and it's really challenged my thinking. Like, I'm not a morning person at all, but the way she made morning sound, like, so awesome and so, like, godly, like, how you can look at and see the beauty in the morning, and it starts your day. I've been, like, getting up in the morning and going and doing stuff and, like, just been so happy because I'm looking for the lovely in every single situation, and when you look for the beauty, like, you see it, you know? Like, you see it all the time. And so, like, I have not been a reader, but that book has just kick-started my reading because I just, like, it has helped me, like, a lot in my life just from the past week. Awesome. One of the things that I think has been the biggest blessing to us as far as with the Dynasty and with everything else is that we are getting to do it as a family. So we all, I don't know if people really realize this, but we all live, like, on the same street, literally, like all Willie's brothers, and then four of my side of the family, actually, my grandmother, my mom, and all that, so it, we, it, that's really the greatest blessing to us, we all live here, and so when we're traveling, and we're doing all this stuff, but we get to come back home to this, like, place that's just, like, family, and love, and kids running across the street, and playing with cousins, and playing, you know, all getting to hang out together at night. Whoever's cooking, it's like, it's a group text. It's like, hey, I'm making pizza, homemade pizzas, come on over. And, you know, family starts showing up. So that's something that we just feel really blessed by. And it's kind of, you know, it's just kept us grounded in this crazy life that we've had over the last four years. But I I do love to read. I'm a big reader. I've always been a big reader. And another, like, incredible blessing that we've had over the last few years is really just getting to meet people that are writers. So people send us books constantly. So I have a, a stack beside my bed of books from, you know, people we've met along the way that are just doing incredible things. And I think that that's something that's important to, um, you know, surround yourself with people that are, are doing good things and are doing good work. And how I met you guys is because of Jen Hatmaker. I had met her at a women's conference and I could tell she was a person who is not just like, talking about something but is actually doing it and so I reached out to her and said hey you know tell me an organization or tell me who to donate money to who's doing the work and who's doing it right and and who's doing it in a real and tangible and meaningful way and she pointed me to you guys and that started my relationship with Help One Now and so now you know I hope to be that person that someone will look at and say okay she's like not just talking about it she's doing it and they'll come to me and say, who, you know, who should we donate to or who should we get behind or who should we support? And so I, I want to challenge people to just be that person, you know, and, and connect with other people that are doing that and then be that person for, for your tribe, for your community. That's been something that that I've, I've tried to do over the last few years. But, you know, as far as what we what we love to do, it's really just kind of being with friends and family and enjoying one another and cooking. I'm not the cook, but Willie's the cook. He, he, he cooks for the family and everybody just shows up. And that's, that's what life's about around here. Awesome. Well, I want to thank both of you for your time. I want to, and, and I really mean this, it's really amazing to kind of watch your family and to see, and, and maybe the best way I can, you know, kind of process, process this is like you guys say yes to really important vital things. And you actually, you know, kind of leverage what God's given you to make a difference in the world. So thank you for doing that. It really matters. It doesn't. It matters if, if you know, if if 
if we're well known then it matters if we're you know in in the mundane of everyday life like each and every one of us getting up and saying today I have a chance to make the world better and I'm going to use my talents my gifts my passions in order to do that and your family lives that out and I'm thankful for you and um, the impact you've had in helping now and all over the world with with your local church and with other organizations so thank you for spending time with us today we appreciate both of you and we can't wait to kind of see what God does in the future in your life Thanks, Chris. Thank you. Awesome. Have a good day. Thanks, guys. All right. Bye-bye. Thanks, Sadie and Corey. You'll find links to a few of the things that they talked about today at our show notes, such as the Live Original Tour, as well as Corey and Sadie's new books. You can follow Sadie at Legit Sadie Rob and Corey at Boss Hog's Wife, and you'll find Chris at Chris Marlowe. The Simplecast is produced by Austin Collins and me, Ken Nussbaum, and our music is courtesy of Lamar Stockton. You can find him at lamarstockton.com. On behalf of Corey, Sadie, and Chris, thanks for listening, and until next time, do good, do good well, and join us to do good together. Do good, do good well.